everybody. Welcome to the BC Vulture Sports Show. Uh, my name is Nate, and today I'm very fortunate to be joined by someone who I've known for a very long time, uh, Joel Ewart. He's a member of BC's provincial wheelchair rugby team, and he's also been quite heavily involved in the sport of wheelchair basketball. Uh, how are you doing today, Joel? How are things? Good, man. Nate, good to see you. Uh, excited to get chat to you. It's been a, it's been a while. So yeah, uh, it yeah. has been a long time. So Joel is joining us from Prince George today. He's one of uh, a handful of athletes that we have up in the north. Uh, I feel it's really important to mention that. And then it's the BC Wheelchair Sports offers programs around the province. Um, really big shout out has to go to, to Brandy Styles, our northern coordinator, um, for all the hard work she does up there and her um, very dedicated and small team of volunteers, uh, which actually includes a few members of the Ewart family. Uh, Got to give Anita a little shout out as well. Uh, she's often our, our team mom on a lot of rugby trips and does a lot of great things. Um, so going off of that, Joel, how did you first get involved in wheelchair sports? Uh, when I was about five, um, actually Pat Harris, uh, longtime uh, wheelchair basketball player and kind of developer. Um, yeah, one of the pioneers of wheelchair sports in the north. Yeah, pioneer is a great word to describe him. Um, he, he, he approached me and uh, told me to come out to practice, and I came out to practice. Um, and the first practice, I was in my day chair, and uh, I kind of fell in love with, with, with the sport ever since. And then nice. and just going off from that, like, you know, I just – like love love the practice i like i didn't even get a get a drink of water because my mom wanted i was like mom no I, I can't have water i gotta get back on defense and here i was in my day chair with my anti-tippers on and, and yeah. handlebars but it was i was hooked nice um so obviously the first sport that you got involved in um from the sounds of it was wheelchair basketball um and i know you played that kind of throughout your youth in our, our junior programs uh or not our sorry but the bc wheelchair basketball society junior programs um, but talk to me a little bit about what that experience was like, um, playing in junior teams, uh, going to camps, uh, things like that. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the first thing you kind of think, you think it's cool to to be traveling for sport. And then kind of as, as you get more involved, you, you love the competition because um, obviously with a small group of, with a smaller group up here in the north, we don't get a lot of chances to compete and play games. So. Um, just being able to go that go down there and travel for camps, and then, um, you know, eventually making the making the provincial team, uh, the junior provincial team, and being able to, uh, to you know, become part of a team, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're representing your province, and and that's that that's really cool. And then uh, yeah, and then it just keeps going, and uh, and then uh, you know you get to go to Canada Games and stuff. So I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, and I think for you, your first Canada Games would have been in 2015, uh, and I think that was actually pretty special because it was in Prince George. It was in your hometown. So, what was it like to to represent your province in front of all your family and friends um, at an event like that? Yeah, it was it was to this day probably still one of the coolest experiences of my life. Um, you know, you get everybody from your you know best friend to your kindergarten teacher uh you know you got everybody out there to support you and uh it's really cool too because you know you always tell people like oh yeah I play this I, I do this but there's not a lot of uh competition opportunities in Prince George typically so nobody gets a chance to come out and see you uh but uh 
as I said, everybody showed up to to watch some basketball, so that was really awesome. And uh, yeah, we actually a couple games, especially the night games, they uh, they sold out a ticket, so that was pretty cool. And you know, you, you know, when you get on the court, you kind of hear the crowd just kind of raise, and you know, that's not an experience that a lot of people get. Um, you know, no matter what level they get to, they may never play, uh, never might never get a hometown games or even a home country game. So, so that was a really cool experience for me. Nice. And now, obviously, you started out with the basketball and you were pretty, I mean, you, you still are involved in it to a certain extent. Um, and you were a pretty accomplished junior wheelchair basketball player, at least within Team BC. Um, but you made the switch, I think, when you were like 15 or so um, to rugby. You started to get involved in that sport as well. How did you first find out about wheelchair rugby and what motivated you to um, not only pick up a second sport, but to make that sport your primary sport? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you kind of always heard about it and, you know, played it at different times. And then uh, I think Kevin Bowie was the was was the one to actually, you know, because he rep both sports and he kind of said like, hey, like you should seriously uh, consider rugby. And then I went to oh, I, I went to a introduction camp. I forget what they called it, but um, and then, probably like a have a go day. No, it was it was like a prospect they called it like a when bc used to have like prospect id camps so i think i went to one of those and and uh you know i think i played in my basketball chair uh just you know trying to get trying to get used to it uh with with adam frost and a couple others and uh it was it was a good time nice uh and then from there you transitioned pretty quickly into the provincial team um at that point in time you, you were on a team with quite a few you know established stars um, the late great Ian Chan, um, obviously Trevor Hirschfield, who's still involved and is now the coach of the team. Um, other national team members at that time, like Travis Morale was still around um, and playing in BC. Um, Say was still playing in BC. A lot of a lot of really big names. So what was that like for you, you know, as, as kind of a young kid um, to be put into that environment and to get to play with those individuals? Well, I, yeah, I, I think, you know, you don't, when you when you first start to play, you don't really think about it. But then, as you you know, as you get older, and even now looking back on it, like the chance to play with all those guys kind of right away and, and learn from them right away, um, and you know, a lot of a lot of those guys you mentioned, they're all uh, cerebral thinkers of the game. So, uh, especially as somebody brand new to the sport, that was really good to understand the you know the mental side of the game um, because obviously with playing basketball, like I knew how to push a chair, I knew how to move. So uh, a lot of the, a lot of the lessons I had to learn were mental. And um, like you said, Ian and Trevor and Travis were all very welcoming and very patient uh, with my, with, with my development. Yeah. And I guess going off that, you mentioned, you know, how you came from basketball and it gave you some chair skills and a bit of an advantage there. So what were, what were, I guess the biggest similarities between the skill sets for the two sports, and then also what were the the, the biggest challenges for you to figure out um, when you went from basketball to rugby? Because I know a lot of times when people re are recruiting for rugby, they try and find uh, basketball players who have an impairment that makes them eligible for rugby, but it's not always a, a smooth transition. Yeah, so I think obviously um, there's, there's similarities on defense um, with you know, in rugby, in, in rugby getting, getting wheel position, um, 
you know, is important. And sometimes that can get overlooked by the, by the contact. So I think having that basis of um, getting proper real position um, really helped with, with my transition to rugby. And then, yeah, also just like pushing the chair, um, you know, the simple concepts of passing um, and stuff. And uh, so those were some of the easy parts. Some of the tougher parts were, um, you know, learning that you can actually hit. Um, I think definitely in my first couple of years, I was very timid uh, with the chair contact. I was always trying to play by basketball rules and be very conservative and, you know, not take any risks and not, not try to not try to light people up but I think uh, as I've gotten older that's that's something I've worked on and then also um you know in basketball for the most part you're playing with with paraplegics whereas you know for rugby for the most part uh you're playing with quads and even you play with ABs in basketball too so you know you go from being able to throw the ball to somebody who can completely turn around and catch it um to having to throw much different passes to people who uh who have limited functions. So that's that that to this day is still probably something I struggle with the most, especially bouncing in 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 between uh sports still at, at this point. So um, you know, I'll go from playing basketball one weekend with a bunch of four or fives in Paris to um, you know, having to having to change my the way I pass to throw to uh to to the quads. Yeah, I, I can see how that, that can be a bit of an adjustment. And I, I definitely kind of experienced that as well, even though I've been at a, a bit of a lower level than you have. Um, it can be challenging to, to go from, and, and not just um, learning how to pass to different people, but also the, the change in rules, going from being the guy that, that never touches the ball or is rarely supposed to get the ball in one sport, in basketball in your case, um, to, to on the rugby court, all of a sudden you're the, the number one or the number two guy who's expected to to carry the ball, to make those decisions, to to be the primary offensive weapon, right? How was that transition for you going from going from basketball where you were more of a picker to that more um, featured offensive role in rugby? Yeah, I think there was there's there's uh, aspects that were good and aspects that were not so good. Uh, we'll start with the good. Um, you know, as a lot of times um, when people come into rugby and they're all of a sudden thrust into being this ball carrier, they don't really know how to set up, you know, different picks or like how to follow picks. But because I was setting picks um, my whole life in basketball, uh, that 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 seemed like it was a simpler transition for me to kind of kind of read the floor and see what my pickers were trying to do so that I could be on the same page with them. Um, and then definitely at the same time, um, you know, in basketball, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm anything but an offensive threat. So to, you know, it took me a while to develop poise with the ball and, you know, not just want to get it out of my hands um, as soon as possible. Because, um, you know, in basketball, when I did have the ball, I was primarily a passer. And uh, in rugby, um, when you're a high pointer, you're, you're kind of told to pass you know, only when you can't, uh, only when you can't beat somebody. So that was definitely a transition for me. Um, you know, you're coming down, coming down on a two-on-one um, and it's myself and a, and a low pointer. And in basketball, my, my instinct would be to, would be to pass to them um, if they're open, but in, in rugby, you know, I have to try to set up my pick and I'm encouraged to hold on to the ball to, uh, to get that ball across the goal line. Nice. And 
yeah, I really appreciate, you know, that well thought out multi-layered answer there. You really covered a lot of, a lot of points. Um, and I, I think that our listeners will probably have learned something there a bit about some of the differences between basketball and rugby and the fact that they are completely different sports really, but a lot of the skills in terms of passing and pushing do translate across the board. Um, I find it really interesting that you say you had to like learn how to hit and be less timid um, because I think anybody who's kind of played with you or against you now kind of gets to see that beast come out on a regular basis. You know, you've got the little, the little young Brock Lester look going. Um, you can get quite intense on court. So it's really interesting to see kind of that um, change in you over the years, I guess. Um, and it's cool as, as someone who's, who's known you since you were like yay high. And going off of that, knowing people since they were really young, um, you're also quite involved in our, our junior sport camps. Um, you started out, you know, going to them when you were you were quite young, and now you're you've frequently showed up as as a leader or as a volunteer, um, kind of helping to mentor the next generation. What's that experience been like for you to to now be at a point where you're in your 20s and you're starting to give back um, to the younger kids in that next group coming up? Yeah, I think um, you know it was junior sport camp um, when I was a kid. You know, it's that week you look forward to in August when. You know, not only did I get a chance to try all these different sports, um, and rugby and basketball were always my favorite, by the way, in every camp. But um, you're a team sport guy. Yeah, team, big big team sport guy. Um, uh, so not only did I get a chance to try all those sports, but I also got a chance to you know connect with with uh, with other children with disabilities, which I think was was uh, looking back on it like something I really appreciated. Um, you know, I built many relationships through through people I've met at junior sport camp and, you know, still very good friends with them to this day. So just to be able to, you know, meet people in similar situations and kind of with similar interests was was really cool. Um, even if it, even if it did mean uh, having to travel down to lower mainland, but um, it was it was awesome. Just, you know, getting to try every sport, you know, they you know, make, made the proper adjustments. Um, you know, you had all the different coaches coming in there and, and taking their time with you and really trying to, uh, really trying to make you better each and every sport. And I think that was, that was awesome. And then as a coming back as a leader, you know, you just, you, those camps and things made such a big impact on me. Um, you just hope that you can, uh, you know, try to try to deliver the same, the same impact uh, to other children and, and get them to uh, get them to love the sports as much as I do. Nice. Uh, well, judging, you know, from some of the testimonials and letters we've received um, from a few parents and from a few kids, I can tell you that you've definitely had a, a good impact on quite a few of them. Um, and you're a fantastic kind of role model for, for the next gen to follow. And, Speaking of, of being a role model in a lot of ways, you're also, not only are you really active on the court, but you're a pretty active guy outside of sport. Um, I know you're a, you're a university student right now. You're, you're a pre-med student. Um, I know you were just telling me you're studying for your MCATs. So what's it like to balance your schedule as someone who, you know, you're a high-performance athlete, you're on the provincial team, you're in the next-gen program, um, you're working towards Paris 2024, and you've also got these really big goals off the court as well. So how do you 
manage and balance those two things? Yeah, I think uh, I just see it kind of as a challenge. Like I like, you know, um, it, it kind of, I always have something important to do. So, you know, when I'm on the court, it's, it's performing in rugby and, and training. And then when I'm off, you know, uh, being able to, being able to hit the books uh, when I, when I need to. And I think it, it, it has really helped me um, with my priority. Um, you know, there's definitely, there's times where you, when uh, there's, there's times when it's, when it's important to hit the books and there's times when it's important to, to play rugby. And then also just kind of time management, right? You can't, when you're, you know, bringing your books on the road, doing, doing different things on the plane. So I think it's really helped me um, in, in, in that regard, being able to manage my time and, uh, and yeah. And also, you know, if I'm, if I'm having a bad week at school, I can take my, uh, take my mind away with it, with, with hitting, with uh, hitting some people on the court. And yeah. then, uh, if I'm having a bad uh, bad week on the court, you know I can I can just kind of reset and uh, and hit the books. Yeah. So to any kids or young folk listening out there, really important to stay in school. Um, Joel and I are big big fans of of school and hitting the books. Um, sometimes you want to hit the books, and sometimes you just need to hit some other chairs. Uh, and that's one of the great things about rugby is it can be a really really strong outlet. Um, and speaking of hitting chairs and, and getting back to rugby related things. Uh, earlier in the interview, we talked about how when you started with Team BC, you were kind of joining a really strong team with a lot of well-established players and, and the team had a lot of success. And now you're in a bit more of a rebuilding phase, but you're getting to be one of the, the key figures there. So what's it been like for you to take on, you know, the bigger role within the team and also do that within a much different environment. Yeah, I think I, I think it's been a it's been a it's been a really weird transition for me, but it, but a good one, right? You go from being the 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 the, the pupil to being the, uh, the the teacher pretty quick, um, especially with even though we do have uh, a lot of veteran uh, presence on on the team and in the program, um, you know, I I went from I kind of soaked everything that. Uh, Chan and Travis and Trevor gave me, and I'm able to, I think, kind of help help some of the other other newer players along, and uh, be able to, you know, and them helping me understand the mental side of the game has really helped me be able to um, explain and break down the game um, as I try to as I try to be a mentor for some of the uh, some of the less less experienced athletes. Awesome. I think that's great. Um, now, beyond that as well, um, another interesting point um, with you and rugby, and, and it's a point that I share, is that we both have, we're both athletes with CP, um, which has only really been a part of wheelchair rugby for about um, 15 years now. I think you were the second or the third athlete we've had in BC to get involved in the rugby program um, with that impairment. Um, so were there any specific elements of your disability um, that you have to take into account when you're playing wheelchair rugby? Yeah, I think one of the first thing, first things that comes to mind is uh, uh, my, my, my push mechanics, my pushing stroke. Um, having CP, it, it, it can be, it's fairly shortened. Um, you don't get the, you don't get the long, nice, smooth uh, pushes that, that you often see in other athletes. Um, so I it's think- a little adapting, on the water. Yeah, 
a little, little choppy on the water. So I think being able to, um, so obviously for that reason, uh, top end speed is not a, not a, not a huge part of my game. Um, I kind of use that, that, that choppiness and that quick ability though, to, to you know, I try to beat people kind of with my first two pushes or, or I try to beat them in small spaces with, with little uh, jukes and stuff, because even though I don't, um, even though it, even though my top speed isn't very fast, um, you know I can I can get up to speed fairly quickly and, and change directions quickly. So I think I've used that um, in a way too. And then another benefit another benefit also having CP is that um, for for myself, um, my I'm I'm able to to throw fairly long passes, and so I think that's also been a been a benefit to having CP. I'm able to. Uh, to cover a lot of the court uh, in the air. Yeah, yeah, and I think the reason I asked that and why I think that's a, a point to add is that just like in able-bodied sports, how there's a real diversity of body types and different types of athletes in a lot of para or wheelchair sports, um, sometimes a lot of the, the physical abilities are determined less by someone's size per se and more by necessarily the realities of their impairment. Um, so, and especially in rugby where almost everybody has impairment in four of their limbs and they have impairment in at least three. So things like knowing like he's going to go right, or he's got a good right arm. Like it becomes more so than just like, oh, he's right-handed and having a good hand means like, oh, he can actually grip with this hand and the other hand, he can't, you know, open at all. So you really play those, those little small advantages and you try and figure out what your strengths are and, and what your weaknesses are, but also, you know, those on the opponents. So I, I think that's it's really cool how you figured out what your strengths are and how to maximize those. And I think that's an important lesson for, for any up-and-coming athlete to to um, take to heart. Um, yeah, I, I, sorry. Oh, I, go just, ahead. Just along those same lines, I think it's important to just, you know, just because, for, for example, um, as, as many people know, this is no secret. I am, I'm very left-hand dominant, um, especially on the court and, you know, being able, but I don't, I don't, you know, I don't get down on myself about not being able to do much with my right hand. I found different ways to, to throw passes so they don't get blocked. I've, you know, I've found different ways to, 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 to get around people or overcompensate for my, uh, my lack of a right hand. So I think it's, it's important to realize that just because you know maybe a, a, a part of your body doesn't work so well doesn't mean uh, there isn't a place for it uh, in in various sports. Yeah, and there's a lot of different ways that you can find an adaption or, or figure something out. And I mean, there's some some people in our BC program who are just phenomenal examples of that and find ways to maximize every little ounce of function that they have and also maximize every ounce of skill that they have. Um, and I think that's something really unique um, to our to the sport of rugby, but also to to para sport as a whole. Um, so yeah, and that kind of ends our our kind of serious or intense sport questions um, for the afternoon because I think you've covered everything um, that we need to cover. I just have a few fun questions for you now. Um, so when you're traveling with the team, uh, who is your favorite person to room with? I, I think uh, definitely more recently it's been uh, Brandon Perger. Um, Big Brando. Yeah, we're uh, we're kind of in the 
first of all, we uh, we as 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 you know with quads, a lot of the times the issue is the the hotel room is is uh they like the hotel room hot and me as a sweater I uh I, I like the hotel room cold so we're able to we're able to kind of to agree on the temperature of the room we like it nice and cold but beyond that um just kind of being two people kind of in similar stages in their life you know we're young 20 something year old guys just just kind of having fun and and doing dumb stuff so I think that's I think it's just kind of nice to be able to to fool around and uh you know just just be able to kind of travel uh travel all over the country and uh and uh the states and stuff and just see different things together and yeah so so he's my uh he's my favorite roommate right now and no disrespect to any of my roommates in the past um but yeah yeah okay um next question next fun question for you you mentioned traveling um what what has been your favorite destination that you've traveled to for sport? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's a pretty easy one for me. Um, uh, I've had the opportunity to, to go to Prague twice and uh, participate in the Rugby Mania tournament. Um, so, you know, not, not only, you know, traveling over there and then seeing the sites, but also just being able to represent your, your, your nation at, uh, overseas is, is a really cool experience and uh, something that uh, is going to stick with me forever. Awesome. Well, that's really exciting. Uh, I really hope, you know, that you get more opportunities, you know, to represent your country and, and you keep pushing forward. Um, you love to see it, you know, especially as, uh, as a guy who I've, I've seen for a very long time and who I know has put a lot of work and time into to improving themselves in, in so many ways. So I really hope you, you find that successful. And next fun question of the day. Um, who is your favorite athlete to watch in your sport? Are we talking currently or like past tape? We can go back if you, if you, if you need to go back. We can, we can go way back. Yeah, I think uh, um, so. Uh, watching past tape of uh, Ian Chan was is is something I I really appreciate his game. Um, we kind of have similar um, strengths and and weaknesses. Um, you know, Chan was never the, uh, the the fastest with his top speed, but you know he would kind of out, out out think you and out kind of maneuver you. Um, and then also having the you know the 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 big pass as well. So I love watching old tape of him. And then currently, uh, uh, it's probably Mike Whitehead, um, my my favorite athlete to watch. Uh, once again, kind of similar thing. Not that you know, not gonna not gonna blow you away with his speed, but um, very uh, cerebral with the game and and makes the right pass and the right play uh, a lot of the time. So I think it's really cool to watch to watch those two. Cool. All right, and this could be a fun one. Maybe create a little bit of debate here. Um, but is there any athlete um, or team at any level who you're really excited? to play against? Is there anybody who, who you really enjoy um, getting the chance to go head to head with? Yeah, I think kind of just any of those guys from the on, Ontario team. Um, uh, 
Travis and 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 uh, Mike being being two of them. Um, Travis, just because uh, it's kind of like the uh, you know the villain returning, but uh, um, and then also Mike, just as I as I just mentioned, he's a a very uh, uh, cerebral cerebral player and a guy I look up to. So to be able to to go head to head with him and and learn his little tips and tricks and you know some some of them dirtier than others, but uh, I think I, I think it's awesome to to be able to measure yourself up against up against those Ontario guys and obviously uh, for the past couple of years they've been they've been uh, on kind of on top of the world at nationals um, so I think uh, just just you know keep keep playing them and, and you know slowly playing them closer and closer for longer and uh, being able to uh, being able to fight to maybe uh, get to their level one day. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll, we'll swear back to something slightly a bit more serious and sport focused just off of that answer. Um, now, I, I know you mentioned that, you know, they've been on top for a while and, and our program, um, you know, wins have been a little harder to come by in the past couple of years than maybe say during the heydays of the 2000s or the early 2010s. Um, but what's it been like for you to, to, be part of a team that is, is just slowly, you know, slowly progressing and trying to get better each day. Um, is there anything that you take um, from those experiences and what sort of lessons has that taught you um, about being a high performance athlete? Yeah, I think the main thing is it's, it's taught me that, you know, it's never, it's, it's never, it's usually never rosy from the start. Um, and, you know, you kind of just got to work with what you got. So, you know, we, we, we kind of know we, we're, we're the players we are and, and we got to kind of work with what we have. So I think, um, you know, working on little things and, and, you know, slowly learning from each other and being able to, um, being able to just, to just grow together, I think is a, is, is a really good quality. And, and, you know, and, and the cool thing is that, you know, it is happening now. We're a much better team than we were uh, three years ago um, when kind of this this whole rebuild kind of started. And I think you know, and slowly you know we're starting to see results at tournaments. And uh, you know, instead of hanging with teams for five minutes, now we're starting to hang with them for you know a quarter and a half or or, or a whole half. So I think um, I think that's that's really. Uh, it's 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 cool to see the growth, but it's also a reminder that uh, that you got to work to get to where you need to go. Yeah, as um, for any basketball fans out there, as Joel Embiid would say, sometimes you just got to trust the process. Trust the process. That's right. Yeah. Great. Now that wraps up all of my questions for you, Joel. Um, do you have anything you'd like to add? Anything we might have missed that you think um, people should hear or, or know about you or about? Um, wheelchair sports and Prince George? Yeah, I think just, you know, never be afraid to, to, to get out and try something. I think um, the, 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 the sport and the, the parasport community in general, it goes so far um, beyond the sport. Um, you know, being part of the basketball team at a young age, it kind of taught, it taught me how to be independent. It taught me how to, you know, how to how how to how to fly, how to pack properly, how to you know, how to how to how to function on my own. Um, so I think there's lot there's lots of tips and tricks people can learn from 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 different athletes. Um, you know, it blows me away. You know, I 
see some of my rugby teammates and, and the things they're able to do um, by themselves in just day-to-day -day life um, and the tips and tricks they've mastered to, to maximize their, um, their, their, their abilities. So I think, you know, if, if, if you're thinking about trying wheelchair sport, it goes way beyond just, you know, getting out there and uh, getting out there and throwing the ball around. It's, it's a, it's a community. And it's, I think it's really going to benefit uh, you if you're thinking of, if you're thinking of trying it um, and more than just the sport, it'll benefit you for life. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Joel. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you. I look forward to hopefully seeing you in a few months uh, back out in court, um, getting, uh, getting the work from you, I guess, as, as we tend to do at training camps. Um, Joel might have started out as the mini-me, but he is definitely the master now. Um, but it's, it's really great to see, man. And uh, it's always awesome when, when an athlete you know, progresses through our system and goes from being a young old junior who's trying everything to finding sports that work for them and, and finding ways to turn them into tangible goals. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for, for joining me, Jewel. Um, really appreciate it. And yeah, we'll be back with another episode um, next week. Have a great one. See you guys later. Thank you.